At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of kind of... Kind of oh, the yeah. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> private, like, private Practice Academy. A you bit, have yeah. <laughs> your two hosts. Uh, my name is Carmen. My name is Kelsey, and it is a beautiful night for a podcast. It is so true. And so true. you know this what it's really beautiful night for? It's an ep- it's, it's This is going to be great. This is going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But you know what really is, is wonderful? What? That pimento honey jalapeno chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. I haven't had it yet. Yeah, go go get one. This I'm episode not, is not sponsored by it, but like, oof. Man, that thing hit. I just hate to give them my money, so I have to wait until someone will just buy it for me. Mm-hmm. That's fair. What, just what you should do is buy someone else lunch and say, oh, you got the next one, right? And then just make sure that the next one is Chick-fil-A. Uh, yeah. yeah. That shake is really good too. That crumble, the caramel crumble shake, very good. Yeah. Hmm. It doesn't sound like life altering to me. No. Like it's I don't no, need um, it. Like I don't need like a milkshake really much anymore. The best milkshake on the market is the Shamrock Shake. I cannot agree less. But I also, again, I don't really need a milkshake anymore. Like I'm set. Like you don't, don't do milkshakes? Like, you just don't, I just don't do milkshakes? Feel like I, yeah, I don't really feel like that's my choice ever. Interesting. A milkshake. What's your, what's, your go-to, to what's your go-to sweet? Well, I just finished a bowl of brownie and ice cream. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I also love, love an that. Oreo or seven. You, love chocolate-covered almonds. Love almond M&Ms. Love the chocolate-covered mm. pretzels from Trader Joe's. And I the almond many. kisses, right? Those the. Uh... Um, I love <sighs> the almond and the chocolate. You just love nuts. No, I really don't. <laughs> I love the almonds specifically. Oh goodness uh, gracious! Anyways, it is so good to see you all physically because I'm looking directly at you. I've hacked <laughs> your phone screens and your computers, but also, what a week it's been. <laughs> <laughs> that would be what you looked like if you hacked into people's phone. <laughs> Goodness gracious. What's what's been new with you, Kelsey, since last time we spoke when we did our two-part episode? Um I want to say nothing. Mm. But is what you want to say and what you're going to say different things or No, or I just no? don't think I mean I can't think of anything. I don't even know what I did over the weekend. Oh my god! It was almost like I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't watch twenty episodes of Private Practice. Although we are, we're almost done with Scandal. We are almost. We're like knocking on on the door. Olivia's being a wild animal right now. 
Oh, that's what I did. On Saturday, we went to Michael's brother's house because, and they have a new puppy, and it was so cute. Oh, that's right. Look at that. Such a cute nugget. Also, this I is what Scarlett's that. hair looks like when you take her pigtails out. Absolutely love that. Winifred. Incredible. Winifred. What's a, what's a Winifred? From Hocus Pocus. Ah, uh, yes. What's the, what's the musical movie that came out not too long ago with the kids in the playground? The and, musical uh, movie. The really what? old, mean lady. She runs the school. Matilda? Matilda! Yes, yes, Matilda. I thought that she was maybe a character from Matilda. No. Who's the main character in Matilda? Do you guys ever wish that Carmen was funny? Because I wish it. I wish Carmen was funny. What do you think they sell at the Cheese Palace? On a regular... You know what did happen to me? No. Today... I always guess the same first word for Wordle. Okay. And today, the word that I guess was the word. So I got Wordle on the first guess today. What uh, What was the word? Audio. Oh. I always mm -hmm. use audio because it, it has almost every vowel in it. The only one it's missing is E. So you can figure out what vowels are going to be in it. You know what word also has does have every vowel? Ayo-y! Do you guys ever wish Carmen was funny? Because <laughs> I wish it. All right. I don't want to talk to you about you anymore. I just want to talk about uh, this episode now. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. Tell me about this episode. This is private practice. We're doing private practice academy. It is. It's been a journey. This is the second. Holy cow. Well, kind of the third, kind of the second part. Because they, they say that the episode where Addison calls Derek at the very end is the first part of the crossover, but I just like feel like it's not. Just using um, Addison's in, name. In is my a opinion, this is the second episode. In the opinion of the Grey's canon, this is the third episode of the crossover event. So this is the 25th episode overall of Private Practice. It is the uh, 16th episode of the second season. It is called X Life. That is not a song. It has no meaning, and Sam says it in the episode. Um, and it aired February 12th. So this aired directly after the Grey's episode that we watched last week. So, like, at the very end when Jen is like, Ugh! and then, like, it cuts out, that went right into this to them. That like, was a dancing. really good Jen impression. That was a really good choking, aspirating impression. That was very nice. Thank you. <clears throat> because are you classically trained? Are you, are you yes. classically trained? I have a degree in choking. <laughs> <laughs> um, this episode. She meant to say acting, everyone. No. She was I acting have a in that moment. In choking. <laughs> when she said that, she's saying it. She's saying choking. That means she's acting. Acting. Um, this episode, because it's a crossover, was written by John Cowan, Robert Rovner, Krista Virnoff, and Deborah Kahn. So it was like private practice writers and Grey's writers writing it together. And it was directed by Mark Tinker who we've seen before and it has 14.10 million views. So like 2 million more than private practice was averaging at this time, which makes sense because people were like trying to watch it for the grays of it. And now the <gasps> Hulu synopsis, the Hulu because synopsis, they took this off of Netflix. Addison teams with Derek to save the life of his pregnant patient. 
That's it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Quite a bit more happening in the episode. Seems almost disrespectful to the crossover. Uh, there's not that much more happening. Mostly know. it's I mean, just like Archer being a raging dick. Yeah, raging dick. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to jump to the to the end because we'll talk about this, but man, those final couple of minutes, what a roller coaster that was. <laughs> with this Archer. This episode is like a lot of feelings. Also it's, like I fucking hate Archer. I like forgot how much I like hate it when he's there. I'm like, (laughs) God, you are annoying. Like that's not strong enough of a word. He's like a piece of shit. Like that's just what it is. He's a douche. He's a douchebag. I feel like Dr. Bailey sums it up so well when she says, I always liked Addison. I don't always like everybody, but I always liked Addison. She's polite. She smells nice. She saves babies. So what happened to the brother? Legit. And it's funny because, like, they're all of them are friends. You have Archer, Addison, Derek, Sam, Naomi, Mark. Mark. Mm-hmm. So they're all friends. But, like, you ever, did you ever watch the movie Hot Tub Time Machine? No. So in that in that movie, Lou is their is their friend who's kind of like the a hole. And mm-hmm. Archer's the Lou of that group. He's your friend. He's an asshole, but he's your asshole. That's that's kind of like the way I see, I see a little bit of that with their friendship. Because while they are all doctors, and Mark obviously can be a bit of an asshole, like Archer seems to be way more of an asshole. I just feel so like far than Mark with is. Archer, we we have seen zero redeeming qualities. Well, we've only seen him for what three episodes. But in those yes. three episodes, he's come in, he's broken into Addison's house, he slept with Naomi. Had sex in with someone on her foyer. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's not he's not great. No. And like again, even when he thinks he's dying, he doesn't do anything good or be nicer. He just is a dick and then like cries about all the times he was an asshole. Like I don't, he's not redeemable. Like I feel when we had seen just a few episodes of Mark, I do feel like by the third episode, we were like, okay, I could kind of see at least he had like shown some vulnerability in scenes like with Addison. Well, yeah, he only was a dick to, he was mostly a dick to Izzy and Alex for sure. Yeah. The interns overall, they they were interns. They were interns at that point. Yeah. But he's he's been pretty consistent with that. Even even now, like two other regular interns, he just kind of <laughs> sees them as cattle. Yeah. Not like they're not real people, but once Servants. they got to residency, yeah. Once they got to residency, they were pretty good cuz even he was he was like decent to Bailey. He wasn't addicted well, to Bailey. Well, he had like the first episode he was really a really really rude to Bailey about like her oh, like asking about that. a patient. Um but that was just the first, like one of the first episodes he was there. But yeah, yeah I just, again, there's just at this point, nothing redeemable about Archer. And I'm like, what? I, I mean, again, Bailey, when she's talking to Sam and she's like, how does someone go from you to Archer Montgomery? I'm like, how does anyone ever go to Archer Montgomery? Like, what is the appeal? I mean, he's I can rich. Say he's moderately handsome. He is rich. He's- I will say like, objectively, I feel like I understand why someone would say he's attractive. I do don't find him attractive. Like I'm not attracted to him, but like I can look at him and be like, classically, you're an attractive man. 
if I were to rank the, so I'm going to include the private practice and the Grays men right now. There's only two people that I, or actually, no, there's three people that I think that he's more attractive than. Cooper, George, Alex. More attractive. He's more attractive than George. I think he's more attractive no than else. Cooper, George, and I Alex. I disagree. And I think Alex if I were is to, very attractive. I am telling you right now, people are going to be mad that you have said this. I, I'm going to go on the record, everyone. I don't, I don't find Alex attractive. You're, you're so wrong. <laughs> This is like when you said that Jake wasn't attractive in Scandal. Jake was, first off, he's got a little bit of a fish face, but he's only what, attractive what when he has mean? facial he has hair. A fish face. He's got, look at a fish and then look at Jake and you tell me. Yeah. Fish and face. I will say, what do you mean he has a fish face? <laughs> I think, I think, uh, let's see, who else is in that show? I will say that Archer is more attractive than George and no one else. Number one is Mark Derek. Mark still Mark. Number two would be Mark. Number three, man, between Pete and Sam, that's that's kind of close. Mm-hmm. That is close. I would probably do Sam first. I think Sam and because he's because he's ripped. Y- He's yeah, but he's he's just a little bit, a little bit younger than Pete from what I see. Pete's Pete's got some stories in those eyes, mm-hmm. you know. He's been through some shit. He's lived. He's lived. <laughs> and then uh and then yeah, I think then Pete and then I would say Archer. Uh no, I think I think mm, is Hunt more attractive than Archer? Yes. But know, only by like tough. one click. It's, it's, it's like directly so close. above Archer. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Episode. This this feels like Patreon content. Well, we'll get there one day <laughs> after we finish this crossover. Yes. Um. Okay. Yeah. Archer sucks. Um. Archer so sucks. He really should we start really with sucks. Archer or should we start with something else? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let's start with Archer. Yeah. That's fine. You take it away, Kelsey. Okay, well, I personally feel like uh, Archer's a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know if I've made that clear yet. Um, Take it from the top, folks. It's just fascinating to me because this is a bad episode for a lot of people. Like, this is a bad episode for Derek. Bad Derek episode. Bad yeah. episode for Derek. But anytime he's with Archer, I'm very on his side. I'm like, yeah, fuck you, Archer. Yeah, I, that's right, I Derek. Punch him in the face. <laughs> I didn't feel like it was that bad of a Derek episode. He's a dick, but like we've had worse Derek episodes. This is a bad Derek episode. Here's the thing. Most of the bad Derek episodes, he's been bad to Meredith and Addison. Yeah. In this one, he's bad mostly to Addison, but it's not even about their relationship. It's like a like you're being a bad doctor, which I have He's said projecting for, for sure. the most of the times that Derek is a good doctor. That's what I've I've maintained and I hate him in relationships, but like he's yeah. bad doctoring today. And I'm like, why are you? I mean, like I it tracks the storyline tracks because this is right after William the murderer which was right after that teenager died and he was all upset. Mm-hmm. So like it tracks that this is the, the trajectory that he's going, but I'm like, you have got to calm down. Got to get your shit together. Derek. Go see 
the day therapist. therapist. <laughs> there we go. We just need we needed Violet in this crossover to come over to Seattle Grace and just give mm-hmm. everyone some fucking exams. Mm-hmm. But she was she was needed. They needed her back in, in LA for this Ooh, we're episode. We're gonna get into that one. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. Oh yeah. Um I've also got some stats for that one. I looked up some medical stats for that. Oh, but, uh, I'm yeah. so proud of you. I figured private practice, we need to elevate, right? Like we can't just yes. be uh, Well, there's poop no jokes there's no music. Jokes. There's no music stats for you to do, so it makes <laughs> no, sense I, you to look something up. <laughs> I need to be important. <laughs> I must I must learn. Oh goodness. All right. So where do you want to start with uh with Archer's bullshit? Um, so they've done the surgery. Yeah. Yep. And he wakes up and he's like, totally. And Naomi's caring for him and Sam has the asthma attack and immediately passes out. <laughs> so fun. Kind of funny though. Hilarious. Uh, this episode <laughs> th- we'll, we'll get to Sam in a little bit, but like, or I guess we, I guess we, he's kind of intertwined in this, but yeah. Yeah. When they were they were giving him a little bit of a hard time because they're like, oh yeah, you're you just had an asthma attack that was triggered by Naomi moving on. And he's like, I yeah. don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, he was a little bit of a dick at that one scene. Uh, I disagree. Uh, Naomi, I did not find this to be a flattering episode for Naomi. No, she was a little bit rough in this episode. Um. So Archer wakes up and. Oh, well, first of all, they're all in the bar, like bebopping around. And Derek goes back to the hospital. He's like, it's not about Archer. And they're like, I bet it's about Archer. So they run back over there. And Bailey's like, why are you here? Go away. And that's when Sam passes out. Yeah. They're like, where's Derek? And he's like, and she's <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, what the fuck Addison do you want from me, guys? Tells Naomi that she's like, oh, well, for sure he had that asthma attack because he was watching you like have Swimming. feelings for another man. Yeah. Even though that other man is a garbage. Um, also, the the scene in Joe's, I think it's worth. So I wrote. Cute. I made a note. It's so cute. I love yeah. when they're all together. This is like this. Is, this really is the Avengers. This is so great. This is like them eating shawarma at the end, right? <laughs> but you have the the cutback to what's what is it? Oceanside, Oceanside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're like, oh. It's I'm harder so on them than him. it is for us I, guys. They're having a hard time. We better not bother them. <laughs> yeah, and if just they're just like dan- and Joe's just sitting there dancing, which is yeah. great. And he, he turns so we around. We have not seen Joe in ages. I love Joe's. You know, I messaged him on comeback. Instagram. I know. He hasn't he responded. responded. I know. He doesn't feel like he's terribly active on Instagram. No, no. But I commented on one of his posts too. I'll keep well, at it. I just yeah. Joe, Joe, I, come I on love the podcast, Joe. How much you think that your single comments matter to celebrities? I love that you feel that way about yourself. I, I love I that have, confidence for you. I and I feel like we we could use a reality check. Uh, I have more Instagram followers than Joe, so he should respect my authority. Well, he probably denies people. He's he well, has he's, it on private. He has it on private. Yeah, yeah. But he accepted me. He accepted me. Or someone that works for him does. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it, it doesn't matter. I like Joe. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, they. Oh, Addison. No, wait. Sorry, I've scrolled too far. 
when when we when we see him waking up, he's like, I need a CT. Derek missed some bullshit. Oh yeah. Because Weber then, wants to do a like they he wants to publish an article about right. Derek and Archer and he wants to use the names because he wants it for publicity because they're number twelve and he can't get over it. Um and so they ask him sorry. They ask him if that's okay, and Archer's like, No, because he missed something like my vision's blurry, my speech is slurred. My head hurts, bitch. He just cut a hole in it. Of course it hurt. <laughs> right. Did you go to medical school? My God. Um, so they're all just like, oh, no. Um, and then Addison asked Derek whew, to run another CT. And he says, no. And then she's upset. And they're very rude to each other again, because Derek is just I mean, like. It's one of those things, like if this was just a patient. Would she be, would anyone be making this request? No, they would probably just believe Derek that he's like, his exams are normal. We don't need to order a CT. Um, but because it's Archer, everyone's like, no, him a CT. Just like that. Yeah. Well, and then he's like, his vision is probably blurry because he can't see past his own fucking ego. And that's where yep. I'm like, yes, Derek. <laughs> yes, Derek. So good. Uh, and then Addison's like, do you want to tell me what the fuck's going on? And that's when he tells her about the whole Jen situation. <sighs> Which we'll get into in a minute. No, yeah. Oh, Archer yeah. is still being, oh, my phone autocorrected to duck. So Archer is being a duck and Bailey is mm. not having it. That's what I wrote. And he is Bailey also is being so a piece savage. of shit to Naomi. I love this episode for Bailey. Bailey is savage to Sam. Bailey is savage to Archer. Bailey is just pretty much savage to everyone who crosses her at all. And Mostly we, Naomi and Archer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess he's really not that. She's not that terrible to Sam. No. Although she, she is, kind she of is just like, puts things into perspective with. Sam. Yeah, yeah. She's pretty. <laughs> she's pretty firm on that, though. Uh, what were you about to say with? Uh, um, the oh yeah, he's being and, a shit to Naomi because uh, Archer's like, "Where's Derek?" Why isn't he doing exams, blah, blah, blah. And Bailey's like, well, Addison and Derek are with this patient. He's like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to die alone because they can't take care of me. And Naomi's like, you're not alone. And he goes, oh, I have you. Yeah. What the And he's like, dude? you don't, you don't be a douchebag to people who show up for you. That's like yeah. human, human 101, right? Just mm-hmm. if they're there for you. Just be kind or say nothing. Just say yeah. nothing. Yeah. Right. Um, I have you. Dickhead. So then Weber goes to Bailey and is like, order a CT. And she's like, but Derek doesn't want me to do that. And he's like, well, I want you to do it. So then um, they're doing this. Wait. No. Yeah. So Naomi and Addison. Sorry, I'm talking about just Naomi and Addison have a moment where um, Addison's like everyone like it's not that Addison hasn't moved on because she's moved on from Derek. But she's saying like um, Derek has Meredith. Mark has Lexi. Naomi has Archer. Like everybody has somebody. And she's like, I don't have anybody. Which like you just had Rory Gilmore's dad. But whatever. And then she breaks. She basically breaks up with him. Because he's not rich is how it came off to me. I'll be honest. I haven't fully done that in the rewatch, but like, 
No, it it was definitely we'll we'll get into this. This is a Patreon moment, but I I feel I feel like Well, his insecurity stemmed from her constantly being like he's not a cop. Yes, he is. Again. <laughs> I think it's it stemmed from when we first meet Archer. Yeah, we meet because Archer. He's like, "Ooh, a cop. That's poor people's business." Yeah. Fucking dickhead. But anyways, <laughs> not a redeemable quality in sight. Yeah, he's kind of an a-hole. Um so then so Bailey is running the test on Archer. Naomi is in there and Bailey's like, you can't be in here. She's like, well, I'm a physician and I'm his girlfriend. And she goes, well, you're not his physician. And Washington state doesn't give a shit if you're his girlfriend. (laughs) And she's like, cool. Well, then will you tell me what's going on with Sam? And Bailey just gives her a look and she's like, well, I'm his wife. And she goes, ex-wife. And I thought you were this one's girlfriend. Yeah, she's trying to play it out of both sides of her. She's talking out of both sides of her mouth right now. And Bailey's like, I pick first off. I'm not upset with you, but I need you to pick a lane because it's a no. She's not. No, she is upset. Yeah. Uh, But she's like, just pick a lane, girl. Like, fuck. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although I think Bailey has a hard time specifically with people who are divorced. I think that right now, like, that's a trigger for her is what I was gathering. That's why she's mean to Naomi. No, not specifically. I just don't think that it a lot, like there was nothing that was going to make her give more empathy. Like she wouldn't have gone above and beyond for it because I think that she's so frustrated with the stuff that's going on in her life that she's like, all these bitches out here taking the easy way out and I'm out here loving my husband and I'm going to go kiss him and tell him I love him. I don't think but that's why she's y'all upset. Are I think she's upset because Ash Archer's a piece of shit and she's like, anyone who could like him must also be a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm not saying that's the only reason, but I'm sure that that's something that's in her, in her head. He's sure, guys. He's sure. Me, I am sure. Okay. Um, I so, know Bailey. She okay. and uh, she follows me on Instagram. That's a lie. Chandra and I are BFFs. That's a lie. Um, okay, Archer. After they finish the surgery, um, Richard, wait, during the surgery, Richard is going to see Archer and he gives him the scans and he's like, oh, there's persistent cysts. I can die at any moment. And that's when Addison and Derek are still in the surgery. And then Weber, when they're scrubbing out, Weber comes in and shows Derek the scans. And that's when Archer like has his breakdown and he's like, um, I'm going to admit to slash apologize for every terrible thing I've ever done because I think I'm dying and I've done <laughs> so many terrible things to everyone in this room. <laughs> and also I'm, I regret that I'm with the person that I'm with and I'm going to declare that in a room full of her and uh, her f- close friends. And then Derek comes in and is like, there's not actually anything wrong. This is a super normal, like post-operative thing to show up like, I was just in your brain. Of course, there's going to be like fluid buildup. Like it's a part of the healing process. And Naomi goes, so he's going to be okay. And Derek goes, no, he's going to be an ass. Like he's always been. (laughs) (laughs) The things that he chose, the things that he chose to confess though. So he, he, uh, said, he told Mark, he's like, I slept with, uh, his, his ex-girlfriend 
and he wrecked Sam's car and also slept with that girl. Uh, and then Dar- and Mark is like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna punch the shit out of this guy right now. I don't <laughs> care if he's dying or dying. not. I will kill you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he's like, I'm sorry for everybody you hurt. Wah, 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 wah. I'm sorry because I have feelings for Naomi, and I'm gonna die alone. I'm gonna leave you alone. Blah. And I don't have a long enough time to be a better person. You had close to 40 years to be a better person, and you spent yeah. it being a terrible person. So that's on you. Yeah. Everyone has one life. It shouldn't take you that long to realize that you don't need to spend your life being that cruel to people. Just like the entitlement that just like seeps out, just like irks me. And it's, it's mostly all of, all of the entitlement seems to be money driven. He thinks he's better than people, you know, and that's not a good place to live. It's not a good place to be mentally. Like I think that I am better than people yeah, who, Carmen has no basis. It's not based on money. Carmen just thinks he's better than everyone based on nothing. Right, right. exactly. Which, Which makes me better than Archer. Arguably worse. <laughs> I don't think I'm better than people for actual reasons. Like, I think that I am better for people who are Cubs. I'm, I'm better than people who are Cubs fans. Because they chose to be Cubs fans. One time, <laughs> I was walking down the street. We were leaving the aquarium. And I walked past this group of people having a conversation and the guy goes imagine living in chicago and having two baseball teams and choosing to be a white Sox fan and i immediately called michael and i was like you will not believe i just heard the greatest sentence that's ever been said i was like if carmen had been here i think he would have started a fist fight i would have thrown that i I wouldn't have actually gotten to do a fist fight but i'd be like whoa whoa Whoa! <laughs> I was just so glad that I walked by at that exact moment and heard that because I was like, I have such joy in my heart right now. You know who I am better than though, for sure. People not who not many people. People who knock their drinks over on the table and then get up and leave and don't tell anyone because then someone could slip. Who does that on the floor? We were at Chick Fil A tonight getting chick- the Chick Fil A pimento honey jalapeno sandwich, which is delicious. You should get one. Homophobic. Everyone should get one. <laughs> That's why I don't want to give them my money. I just want the sandwich for free because I'm not a homophobic person. I am all uh, first. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know. Also not homophobic. Gosh, you're eating. Kelsey, can you clarify? Can you clarify for the people that you're being an a-hole and I'm not not homophobic? Period. It's taking a lot in me not to say but. <laughs> there is no buts. I just feel strongly about Chick-fil-A being assholes. They are assholes, but dang, that sandwich was good. Uh, anyways. I know. These... I was really offended that they had the nerve to put my pimento cheese on their fucking homophobic chicken. It was nice, too, because like by the time it got to me, the pimento cheese like was kind of like it warmed Belty. up on the heat of the chicken. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I keep seeing pictures and I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. That looks good. Yeah. So anyways, there was this couple next to us and one of them had knocked over their cup of water on the floor and they looked at each other and they looked at it and they got their stuff and they got up and walked away. How old were these people? Uh, Maybe mid thirties. Oh, that pisses 40s. me off. It pisses me off when I see millennials doing things like that because I'm like, we have one thing and it's that we are supposed to be good people. Like when I see a boomer not put their cart back in a parking lot, I'm like, fucking oh. of course. 
fucking yeah. of course. When I see a millennial not put their cart back, I'm like, how dare you? How dare yeah. you tarnish our generation? Yeah. We have one thing. Yeah. We work hard don't enough to fight the stigma. <laughs> we don't need people like you ruining it for the rest of us. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So Archer, any thoughts on any final thoughts on Archer? No, no final thoughts on that. Uh, obviously that leads into, you know, the Sam conversation and all, all yeah. that stuff. But yeah, I, I just don't, the Naomi and Archer thing just doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. And that's why she I get cares. frustrated. She cares about him, but he's been very clear that he's, he's the good time good guy. Good time guy. Also good like, time guy. it's so confusing because outside of these episodes, she's, I, I like her character. Like I like her as a doctor. I find her compelling to watch. I find like a lot of her work that she does, the way that those stories are told to be like fascinating. And, um, it's just so, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, it. it's almost like midlife crisis-y. Yeah. It's for sure like that. It's, it's the post, it's the post divorce crisis. And, she got into kind of a thing first before Sam. But Sam seems to be building with Sonia a more sustainable relationship than Naomi is trying to make with Archer. Who was she? Did she date someone before Archer? I'm, I have not done the whole rewatch. I've done niblets. She there was like a there was like an intense couple of episodes where like Dell wanted to be with oh, her. Yeah, Dell was in love with her. And yeah, he was but like, also, let me make you so much cake. And I was like, that's my dream. I mean, respect. Yeah. Uh, but then and I love her when she's and, like, stop making me cake. And he's like, I won't. I will never stop making you cake because cake is a metaphor for my peen. <laughs> All right. And but but her and Sam were were fucking for a while too. Oh, that's right, that's right. And See, then now Archer we can talk about there, these. There was another person, or just to Archer. Just Archer. Okay. Yeah. And Sam just now is is with Sonia. Yeah. Who again, yeah. that just because I was looking at previous episodes for. Something else, and I saw that she just came along like three episodes prior to this, like very recently. Very recent, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's just talk about Sam then in relation to all of this. So while this is going on in the previous episode, Bailey gets Sam's inhaler refilled because it's out. This pissed me off when they finally figure out that it's because it's a corn based propellant. And that's triggering an allergy that Sam has. And he's like, I specifically asked you for this one. Bitch, no, you did not. Nope. You handed it to her and watched her hand it to a pharmacist. Yep. You didn't say shit about an allergy. Nope. And that pissed me off to no end. Watching him be like, I specifically asked you. And she's like, well, I ordered the generic name. He goes, well, he didn't ask you for the generic. Bitch. Do not sass Miranda Bailey in my house. <laughs> and hers. You are God, guests in the off. house of Bailey. <laughs> the house exactly. that Bailey built. I will fight somebody for Miranda yeah. Bailey. That's for damn sure. It was frustrating, too, because 
I I don't know a ton about prescription medication refills because I'm not a farm I'm not a pharmacy tech, right? But you or a would, pharmacist. Or a pharmacist. I guess I should also clarify. I am a doctor, but not a pharmacist. Or a, speaking of cysts. Um, <laughs> but you think that they would have looked at the label and it would have had something about allergies. Or like they could have accessed his medical records. or I don't, I don't know, something. So, there needed yeah, to be I more in-depth information about this there. Because I'm... It's like, oh, if you have to get the name brand because the generic uses a corn base and you're allergic to that. And if you just have like I have an inhaler and it's just albuterol. And I mean, it has my name on the box. I don't have any allergies, though. So it's hard for me to say because I don't know, like, if you have an allergy, if they print it huge on the box or whatever. Um, Because I know like when you're in the hospital on like your bands, like some places they put an extra band on you. If you have an allergy and they write it huge and it's like a different color so that like anyone who comes in knows, especially if it's like med- medicine, um, like if it's insulin or penicillin, like if you have any of those allergies, they'll like put that shit everywhere. Like they'll write it everywhere. Cause they don't want anyone to accidentally give you medication that you're allergic to. Also, so if I don't you were allergic to penicillin, that, that shit could, can kill you. If they give you penicillin, like that goes yeah. quick. Fucks up yeah. your whole bloodstream. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure with, because I like have a lot of prescriptions, but because I don't have allergies, I don't know if that would be noted on there. But for sure in a medical record, but if they just are like, hey, refill this, I don't know that you, like, I don't think a pharmacist would have your medical record. No, I guess, but also... In my mind, if they didn't have the exact th- same thing that they could refill it with, you would you would think that there'd be some sort of like follow up of, hey, we don't have this exact one. We have the generic. Is right. that OK with you, doctor? That seems like so, a conversation that would have come up. If you are a pharmacist or a pharmacist tech or you have any working knowledge of this, please email me and we'll yeah. discuss it. But I will say because of my endometriosis, I have been on eight trillion different birth control pills and there was a time when I would get prescriptions and they would like write the birth control and then they would say like generic not a substitute or not option as a substitute or they would be like um you can substitute with generic like they would write it or mark it on the prescription like yes you can use generic or no like you have to use this one so maybe if you don't have that note like if they don't specify it then the assumption is probably like yeah just grab the whatever's cheaper because that's probably what most people are thinking like just get whatever's cheaper because right. i feel like for the most part there's not a whole lot of difference but there are going to be like key ingredients that are going to make the difference and obviously in this one it was corn <laughs> who knew it's corn <laughs> it's got the, the big knobs. lump with knobs that had the it's juice got the juice it's got the juice put salmon to a so medical attack and then here here's my beef with by the way yes if you if you are listening to this email kelsey at gray's academy pod at gmail.com spoily spoilies can live there because i don't have access to that at all speaking of oh i almost forgot we have a shout out we have a new review oh yeah fuck we're doing great it's all right. We were just so excited to talk about the episode. And also, it was a little bit weird because there was no, you know, music to talk about. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we have a new five-star review on Apple Podcasts from Werewife. 
that says your new Grey's besties. That's the title. And the, the, the content of this comment is as an avid Spotify user, I downloaded Apple podcasts just to leave this review. I found this gem of a podcast after starting yet another Grey's Anatomy rewatch and was hooked since the very first episode. Carmen and Kelsey maintain a wonderful balance balance between witty banter, current events and off the wall predictions. In addition to the episode review, watching this feels like being with your closest friends. And I'm so glad we can all be living in Shondaland together. Thanks. First of all, first of all, if this is you, Please tell us, because this is amazing that you downloaded Apple Podcasts to leave this review. That makes yes. my heart so happy. Second of all, you spelled my name right. Yes. Which, like, I'll be honest, I don't care when people spell my name wrong. Like, I've lived with it for 33 years. I don't, my name is not spelled the normal way. So I never have any expectation that someone's going to spell it correctly because it's not the normal way you would think to spell Kelsey. So when someone gets it right... It just like makes me feel a little like, oh, it's like a little smile because I'm like, oh, they actually like looked at it. That's so nice of them. Again, also, I'll never fault it for being spelled wrong because your phone's going to autocorrect it. If you spell it right, your phone will probably autocorrect it to the correct way to spell the actual name, which is not the correct way to spell my name. Right. <laughs> Again, it never offends me when it's wrong, but it gives me a little little poke of joy, a little joy yeah. poke, if you will. Little joy poke. Remember Facebook's poke? poke? You know what Carmen hates though? He does hate if you if you call him Cameron. He I hates do it the hate most. That. Yeah. Don't call me Cameron. I actually I think I scared someone in an interview the other day. They his name was Steven. And I was like, hey, do you prefer Steven or Steve? And he's like, no, definitely Steven. And I was like, okay, perfect. Like I am very particular with names. So like <laughs> don't ever call me Cameron. And I said that in the middle of the interview. And he kind of was like, Oh, uh, okay. All right. I'm going to hire him. I feel like I have to now. (laughs) Yes, you scared him. Yeah. Also, another shout out to uh, our friend Morgan. Uh, I reached out to Morgan and uh, she is currently in season three and loving the podcast. And she said that we're great hosts. So thank you, Morgan. Someday when you get to this point, uh, you will (laughs) let us know. Let us know what uh, when you get to this point. So also. Um, if any of our new listeners, cause I've definitely seen a spike with some numbers. Um, I've been all up in the Twitters lately, like really talking about grays with strangers on Twitter. Um, so if you found us that way, let me know, because I would love to know if that's how people are finding us <laughs> because yes, I'm just because like I don't on do it. random strangers, Twitters being like, Oh, I also have things to say about gray's anatomy, <laughs> but I record it and I distribute it. So you should check out what my thoughts are yes, on this platform please. at this link. Also, it's not Twitter anymore. It's yes, it fucking is. X. Don't. If that man buys Chicago and renames it, you're still going to call it Chicago. Elon Musk can suck a dick. I don't give a shit what. This is the hold longest on, and most expensive midlife crisis anyone has ever had to fucking witness. <laughs> and he needs to get off of this app and leave us all alone. Ugh, it's too funny. Also, I just want you to know, everyone, I'm going to go on record here. All right. This is going to live in recording land forever. Kelsey, you bring up an excellent point. If Elon Musk bought Chicago and renamed it something not Chicago, I would not recognize it. I would call it Chicago. It's also always going to be the Sears Tower, and it will always be either U.S. Cellular or Comiskey for the White Sox Stadium. There you go. What about when they move to Nashville? 
If they move out of state, <laughs> I will become a Cubs fan. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Or, <laughs> it, but, or if I move to Nashville, I will, or if I live in Tennessee at all, I will be a White yeah, Sox fan. Yeah. But I yeah, would have to coincide that move with theirs. Well, yeah, that's a, they said what five to six years is when their lease is up. Well, who knows? We could be moving there so, earlier. We, you know, you never know. Fingers crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Anyways, so my my beef. So yes, reach out to Kelsey, email her. She loves it. My beef I with do. Sam in this episode is he's like, I just need everyone to know how little I care about Naomi. I I need everyone to know how much I've moved on. I need everyone to know that my medical health is not revolving around this woman. Yeah. It seems like it's it was funny at first when he's like, Bailey, you got you have to find something medically wrong with me. But by the end of the episode, and he's like, Ha! Look at that! Told you, yeah. I don't care about you, bitch. The fuck? I told so you. I love when he's like, he's like, yes, Bailey, fist pump, and they <laughs> so good. That was funny. Pump. That's hilarious. But it was a little bit annoying. I felt like it was they they kind of beat a dead horse with a stick because they also were trying to talk up their friendship piece. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like he was kind of being a dick at a certain point. But it ended it ended fine, I think. Because they both were on each other's side. Like you because even when Naomi was like, How Bailey, how could you give him the the wrong thing? Yeah. You suck, and they both kind of team up on Bailey, which I'm not approving, but it was cute that they came together for that. Mm. I just like, I'm. S- when are you saying, what was it that annoyed you? Sorry, that's I what just, I'm confused about. I was, I was annoyed that Sam was like going out of his way to make sure that everyone knew how over Naomi he was. Well, because He's, people kept bringing it up to him. Right. I'm not no no one is in the right in this episode. You know who's <laughs> the only person who's in the right in this episode? Great episode for Cooper. Cooper. Cooper and, was super in the right. Mm, I don't know. Some of the we, we haven't even gotten to the private practice characters yeah. yet. But anyways, so Cooper definitely had a it was a good episode for Cooper. Yeah, I'd say Cooper and mostly Addison. Yeah, Addison. Although Pete and Pete and Violet had flashes of being super right and super wrong, which we'll get yeah. into. Yeah. Um. Anything else with Sam that that we got for Sam? Um. Just that moment at the very end when he's like looking in at Naomi and Archer, and he's like, "Oh, I always like." I have watched Private Practice a lot of times. I am still unclear why they got divorced, and like things like this make it more unclear to me. He's like, I thought we would be taking care of each other when we were old. So you divorced her? Earlier in this episode, you said, I divorced her willingly. And then late at the end of the episode, you're like, I I thought we would be taking care of each other when we're old. Well, what? Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, it's, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't track for me. Yeah. A lot of the time. And I understand we come into the story after they've gotten divorced, but uh, like, it's very confusing to me. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That thing at the end with Bailey. Well, I, I, it's important to mention, um, with Bailey because she says like, Oh, I'm going to go home to my husband with whom things have been difficult lately. And I'm going to, hug him and kiss him and thank him for things that I don't always thank him for. And I know that they're not easy and it matters that he like does these things. And 
like I have you to thank for reminding me to do that because I'm not going to stand outside and watch my life happen without me. And then Which he is goes, a cold blooded. That's cold blooded right there. And then he's like X life. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just weird. Also like with the Bailey thing, I'm like, it takes watching divorced people to remind you to like be nice to your spouse. I love Miranda Bailey. Like, don't get me wrong. This storyline is like being revived because we haven't really heard much on this in a while. And so I feel like it's hard. This storyline to me doesn't feel fully fleshed out at this moment. You like mean like saw, her, her and Tuck? Yeah, because like, we had the thing where she was like, he's going on a date with someone else. And then like, it's very like there's, I don't feel like there's enough oh, information. Yeah. Like it's just That confusing. took me a second to I, comprehend. Yeah. You're, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's why I just get really confused and I'm like, I appreciate like what, where she's coming from. Like, you're like, okay, yeah, you don't want to get divorced, but like, I don't the know. Dude it's just weird. Was dating. He did, did they ever said he moved out? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't remember anything. The, the problem is, bizarre. is that we're, we're like repiecing these things and I've only seen them all one time. Yeah. So my my timeline and my thought process is also a little bit screwy, you know? Anyways, so I just, like, found that the whole conversation, like, a little bit. It's just confusing to me because, but it's not, it's just because I don't feel like the Grey's side has fleshed out the Bailey marriage storyline at all recently. So to bring it back up just to be, just because there's divorced people, like, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. I agree. I agree. Um, but it, I think it's, if I had to guess, like my, right now, my prediction for private practice is that this, the show doesn't end before Sam and Naomi get back together. I don't think that they're going to have like a, um, what's that movie with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn? It's the breakup, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think we get a moment where they finally get to a point where they're happy being broken up and they're like fulfilled individually and like Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn get their happy endings, but they're not together. My current view of private practice is they're going to get the happy ending together. Like that's, that's where things are going, but to see kind of like these little jabs back and forth of times where they're really happy single or they're really happy or really depressed single and then you have kind of like that they were together for a while and they let it slip with Maya that they're going to get back together. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. just, it's just and a then weird again with that. Sam was like the reason that they were like, that that didn't go through. Like it was right. like a very, that's just like where I get confused. And then why, where he like seems sad that he's yeah. not with her. Like, it's just confusing to me. Yeah. I don't get it. Pick a, pick a lane. Yeah. I just don't get it. So anything else with Sam and Naomi and Addison? No, and this Archer? feels like this feels like a good a good spot to uh have some regional sponsors come and, and talk dokey. to you guys. What do you think? Sure. All right. Well, we will be back after a brief message from our regional sponsors. Or after silence. 
One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to-be-read pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to-be-read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month, focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amiko Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. And we are back. Thank you, sponsors. If you are watching this video on Patreon or wherever we download this or wherever we're at, you just saw our faces doing nothing, kind of looking around, being <laughs> goobs. Um, okay, uh, so now it is time for everyone's favorite segment, Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland! Private practice edition. <laughs> I am so stoked for this. One. Okay, let's see. One. One person. One person. Fuck. The easy guess is the girl. I'm going to go with Rachel. <gasps> Correct. Yes! Oh, I love it. I have more thoughts on her, but go ahead and give us all the details on this person. Rachel, played by Abigail Spencer. Oh. Beautiful. Um, 15 episodes of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Does she play I the really? same person? Please tell nope. me she played. Oh, okay. Not even no, a little okay. bit. Okay. All right. I really stared at this for a long time and I was like, is this too spoilery to do this? It's it's not spoilery because I have no context. Yeah, that's what I that's what I obviously decided, but I was just like But I want you to know she is for sure one of my big Hollywood crushes. She is beautiful. Absolutely stunning. She, so she's in suits. Oh, she is? Yeah. Nice. So that's where I know her from. So eventually when we start doing a rewatch for me of Suits and Kelsey watches Suits for the first time. Also, hey, uh, dear friend Leah, dear friend Leah, sweet, sweet Leah, big fan of the show. Uh, this is a special shout out for your husband, Mark. 
thank you for texting me and talking to me about Suits. He binge watched seven fucking seasons in like three days. I don't know how the man did it. Yeah, that's how you do shows. No, it's too much. (laughs) funnily enough, Mark and I were on the phone shit talking your binging abilities. Okay. Okay. You know what? I take it all back. His binging Suits. And I was complaining that you watched four episodes of Private Practice in a day and we're proud of it. Insert Matthew McConaughey. You got to pump those numbers up. <laughs> it's hard. It is hard. It's not. I've done it so many times. You will not convince me it's hard. Although I will say last night. So I, I, I did not. Spoiler alert for Scandal if you haven't watched it. Skip ahead. So I know what episode Annalise Keating comes in because I was like, when the fuck is this happening? But I only know that it's a crossover because of how to get away with murder, how to get away with murder. So I know she was coming eventually, but I Googled when she shows up and it's like season seven, episode 12. Yeah. Last night we watched an episode and it was season seven, episode 11. And Jess is Mm -hmm. like, I got to go to bed. And I was like, are you sure you don't want to watch this next episode? And she's like, no, I'm sure. And I was like, could Annalise Keating convince you? And she said, no. So after this episode, I have to edit this podcast, and then we're watching Scandal. Okay, good. Yeah. You're getting yeah. close to the end. It's taking I you am. so long. I am. It's, it's be- this, this is because of Jessica. This is because of I Jessica. Know. <laughs> and I told she her gives she up. was wrong for that. I may be slow at binge watching. Je- Jessica can binge with the best of them, but the problem is, is that she will binge until she's bored, and then she cuts off cold turkey. She stops. She never yeah. finishes a TV show. Yeah. I will binge a little bit, and then I'll slow down, but I will finish. I'm committed. Like, yeah. eventually, I need to rewatch House. I need I need to go back and rewatch House. That's been on my list for a while. We are busy. We are you very busy. You can watch busy. nothing else other than these two shows. <laughs> well, once I, once I open up this this uh some bandwidth from getting scandal out of my life it's yeah. either going to be a rewatch of how to get away with murder or it's going to be um house but i don't know maybe i'll just keep it a private practice for a while as my recreational show um okay so should we have we covered every no we haven't covered jen yet okay so let's cover yeah. jen and then we'll just move to la well do you want to talk about rachel while we're here oh no i see what you're saying yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we'll move to L.A. Got it. All mm. right. Let's go, Jen. Okay. God bless it. Jen is having a hard time. Rough go. She Rough ran go. over her husband with a car, and it's just all been downhill since there. That was a high point for her. Um, <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was. <laughs> so she, at the end of last episode, she's like gasping for air. So Derek goes back over and they're like, why can't she breathe? She's like, well, I can breathe. It's just like really, really, really hard to breathe. So Derek's running all these tests. They can't figure out why. And Addison's like, did you check the baby? And he's like, yeah, the baby looks fine. She's like, no, no. Did you like check the baby? Because it's probably the baby. And so they check the baby and the, she has mirror syndrome. So what this means is if the baby is sick, the mother will also be sick. This does not always happen. Sometimes I guess this mirror syndrome existed and the baby was fine. And sometimes babies are sick and the mother is fine. So this is like, I guess a more, I don't want to say it's rare because I don't actually know, but this is I'll niche. Google it, it real feels quick. niche. Um, so the baby is in congenitive heart failure because it's having some, he's having some kind of reaction 
to the blood that Derek had to use in the initial aneurysm surgery when he nicked the aneurysm and she lost a lot of blood. So they had to do a blood transfusion to like get her blood volume back up. And the baby was mad about that. I guess (laughs) again, I'm not a doctor. This is all me just gathering from what they have said in the show. Yeah. Also, I'm, I just did a quick little search. So it is rare. It doesn't say like what the actual odds of Muir syndrome is, but mm-hmm. it does say that there is an overall uh, rate of interuterine death that was uh, right around 56% in the Oof. cases of Muir syndrome. And the, the most typical maternal complications are uh, pulmonary edemas. So mm-hmm. um, that's in roughly 21% of those cases. So, well. yeah. Pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, she has mirror syndrome. So Addison wants to deliver the baby because Jen has just had a very large, well, she's had the seizure and then she had the big surgery that did like that had complications. She doesn't feel that she is strong enough to go through another surgery. So she does not want to do the intrauterine surgery that she ends up doing. Derek, is like, just do it because he is racked with guilt. And his solution to that is to put more people in danger. Right. Rather than trust Addison. He's like, I can't live with myself if this baby dies. And she's like, I'm, I am like, what if they both die? Right. Does that like, it's like, Oh, is well, that better? If it's, a, <laughs> like, if it's a surgery where they both die, then that was not on me. But if it's just the baby, <laughs> that's for sure on me. Yeah, that it doesn't make his logic makes no sense to me. And that's an example of two wrongs don't make a right, Derek. We just need you to just shut up in this moment. Honestly, like this is not this episode is not the vibe for Derek. Yeah, The thing, guys, it it is interesting how much guilt he's feeling because he's like, I don't make mistakes. I am not most doctors. I nicked the the fucking um, aneurysm aneurysm. Which like. Okay. There was a complication. She was fine. You didn't do it. It doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, he loses people, but I guess it's not that we've seen. It's really not things that are, I guess, at his fault, I guess, other than the clinical trial, (laughs) which was for sure his fault. I mean, I don't know if the clinic, I mean, it was, he did it, but he wasn't (gasps) doing anything wrong. No, no, no. It wasn't like intentional. I would just say it's his fault because he was, experimentally shooting drugs into people's brains and not knowing whether or not it would work. Well, right. I would say he was at fault. Yes. No, I agree. But I would still say he's at fault. Yeah. It's just what it is. It is what it is. License to kill. Mostly what I'm saying is I kind of see where he's coming from being like, I can't believe that I nicked this aneurysm. Like, but again, that feels like a complication that happens, but is normally fine. And again, I don't know if it's the exhaustion. I don't know if it's coming off the William thing, coming off of that teenager who died thing. Like, it's all, like, snowballing. Yeah. And it's like, you've got to chill. Like, the way he, when he, like, snaps at Alex for no reason, because, like, they get the test results back, and Alex shows them to Addison, and she's like, order more extensive ones, because I want to, like, make sure I have all the information before we tell these people. And, and so Derek wasn't, like, in the loop for that, and that's when he yells at Alex and yells at Addison. Also, and the look on just, Alex's face is like, bro, what the fuck? Yeah, like Alex is like this fucker. And he's he's not this hiding his again. face. 
<laughs> he's like not even trying at all. He genuinely yeah, on it. his face, it's all written right there, which he's I think like, is hilarious. Is this a joke? Yeah, like, exactly. You're gonna talk to me, really? For sure. He's like, oh, your ex-wife rolls back into the hospital and you revert to being an absolute asshole, really? <laughs> Alex gets it. But yeah, so they decide. So they're telling the the woman that we have to deliver your baby, which like she's 24 weeks along, which is just shy of the third trimester. Obviously, it's not ideal to deliver a baby anytime before full term, but it's also not ideal to die. Right. So these are the choices that you have to make. I'm very lucky in that both of my pregnancies were very smooth and there were like not any issues. Uh, one of my best friends from high school delivered a baby at like, ugh, I want to say 23 or 24 weeks because it was a similar syndrome. It's called, I think it's called help. Uh, and it's a very similar thing where like the baby was basically. Woof. That sucks. Um, and it was just like the perfect storm of like the mixture of genetics. And he was in the NICU, I want to say, from August to, like, Thanksgiving. Oh, my and, gosh. And now he's, like, eight. That's it's, I mean, truly a miracle. Like, yeah. literally such a miracle. That was, like, best case scenario, the way that story ended. But anyway, so this woman obviously is, like, very nervous. And she's, like, I don't want to deliver now, which I understand. <laughs> I also wouldn't want to deliver at 24 weeks. Yeah. Um, but they're, like, you're in congenitive heart failure. I, I just, I'm not going to sit here and say what I would or wouldn't do. Cause I literally have no idea. I would for sure have a panic attack for like four hours straight for, first right. before I did anything. Same, same. Um, well, there's this yeah, good scene where Addison, where she's like, she's Addison's going through it, right? Like she's, mm -hmm. she's saying I have delivered babies a couple days before this on a timeline mm -hmm. and I've been fine, but I've also delivered babies hitting that third trimester at 27 weeks that you're wanting me to get to mm -hmm. that die. Yeah. It, you, it's, it's we're doing everything. Like you can, we can do everything you can, but exactly. there are certain things that are just going to play out how they're going to play out. And you can only do so much like medicine can only do so much. And the way they've written Addison is that like, if you're going to have anyone in this scenario in the world of Shonda, like Addison's mm -hmm. the person that you yes, want to do. This. Absolutely. So, you know, she's the she's best person. Eyes. Yeah. Like the best chance your baby has. And so, uh, of course, Derek's like in the background. He's like, you can just do the in utero procedure. And she's like, what? Yeah, for sure. Do that. <laughs> and Addison's like, is this a fucking joke? I will end this man's life. And I'm like, girl, sister friend, I will help you. It I is, will help you. It is funny because obviously we get like the this in, this intense dialogue where she's like, this is hot dog Thanksgiving all over again, <laughs> which to me story. is in. I love that story. That's hilarious. That incredible backstory. Yeah, it's so. So, good. but it's true. Derek has this white knight complex where he has mm -hmm. to be the hero, but he's going to create the situations right. for him to be the white knight. Exactly. Which is kind like of a dick a move. Psychopath. That is not a. That is not, that's not very Heath Ledger of you. Okay, Derek, mm -hmm. that's not, that is the, uh, that's the opposite. That's uh, Jude Law of you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. That was Jude Law, right. right? I don't know what you're referencing. Uh, what? Oh. A Knight, Knight's Tale. Knight's Tale. No, Maybe. it wasn't Jude remember. Law. Was it knock, on, I gotta it look was. this up. IMDB. Was it knockoff Jude Law or was it actually Jude Law? I don't know, but Vision was in that movie. 
Yes, he was. He was uh, the, one of the heroes of that movie. Yes. Also, when Derek is like lingering behind Addison and he's like, you can do an in utero procedure, right? This is Addison. <laughs> she was, she no. was pissed. <laughs> she was so mad. And it's no, like, it was knockoff Jude Law. His name is Rufus Sewa, Sewell, Count hmm. Adamar. Sewell? He was, yeah, but Paul Bettany. Yeah, Paul Rufus, Bettany. Was what's his name? Rufus Sewell, S E W E L L, Sewell. But he, look him Rufus. up. He looks like yeah, a knockoff, right knockoff Jude Law, right? A little right? bit. A little bit. Also, uh, Alan Alan Tudyk, didn't didn't he die? Didn't Alan Tudyk die? Tudyk, no? Tudyk? Did he? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know why I'm thinking that. Who was who was the? I don't know. Did he? Did he? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he definitely didn't peace. die. Rest in rest in peace, Heath Ledger. Uh, rest really. Peace, Heath Ledger. Anyways. Anyways, what Great were we movie. talking about? Right. Derek is annoying. So we get the hot yeah. dog dinner, Thanksgiving dinner. Basically, um, Derek's mom like breaks her wrist and Derek's the day before Thanksgiving. Derek's like, we'll have Thanksgiving. 34 people come to our house, please. Addison's like, I've never cooked a turkey in my life. And they're not easy. You don't luck they're into not. a turkey. You have to. Also, like-, like if it's the day before Thanksgiving and you don't have a turkey, you're not getting a turkey. Nope. So she tries to cook a turkey. She does a bad job. Nancy gets salmonella, which Nancy is the one that we met. And then Derek's like, I'll make hot dogs, everybody. And everyone's like, wow, Derek, what an angel. A true You've hero amongst the bare men. Minimum. You fucking put something in the microwave. <laughs> hey, hold God on. God bless America. Hold on. Microwaving hot dogs is not the way to properly do a hot dog. We grill those hot dogs. I agree. But do you think Derek... In November, in New York City, is going to walk his prissy owl ass outside and put hot dogs on a grill? Or do you think he's going to fucking microwave them? I don't know. My, my truth is Derek grilled the hot dogs. He might have boiled water and done it that way, which is worse than a microwave. Yeah. At least the microwave, they start to, like, crack a little bit. Like, they yeah. get that little, you know, the juices, like, seep through a little bit. Yeah. That's what I cannot like. wait Anyways, until Marlo is Derek old definitely to didn't grill. Um... So, yeah, Derek sucks. <laughs> well, but they're having this exchange, and clearly the anger is making Addison a better doctor because all of a sudden Alex is like, you did it. They're fine, guys. Shut up. And Derek's like, well, who's, who's the, the hero, hero now? now? And then Which they have also one of these. makes him do, like, the white knight thing again because he gets to be the one who makes Addison, like, he gives her the compliment. She doesn't need him. your compliments, Derek. She is a woman. A beautiful redheaded angel queen who doesn't need your compliments it's so she true. takes it but she doesn't need it okay it's that's a very good descriptor of addison adrian yes. forbes montgomery gosh oh adrian that's right that was the one that i was adrian addison adrian forbes montgomery mm-hmm. hmm. queen also, her, her hair was not the best it's ever been, but it was good in this episode. I love it. And I love I like the, the blazer hair. skirt combo she's oh, wearing. Oh, yeah. And also, in the Just most kiss. in the most respectful way possible, everyone, her boobs look great in that top. Yeah, like the square neck. Yeah. I love a square neckline. Yeah, it was really great. 
Um, okay, so what else about that? So then after the surgery, oh, first of all, at the beginning of the episode, Mark tells Addison that Derek's mom gave her a ring, gave him a ring for Meredith. And Addison's like, excuse me? I knew she fucking hated me. <laughs> and then she asked Derek later, she's like, can you just admit that she hated me so that I don't think I'm crazy? And he's like, fine, she hated you. And Addison goes, thank you. But it sounds like that. he hated, she She felt like she hated her because of the money. Yeah. Yeah. But Mark, uh, that's Derek's, not a good reason to hate somebody. No, no. Derek, I don't, I don't think that Derek came from money. Because that's what I was she was ask. a Navy nurse and the dad oh, died when they're right. pretty young. That's right. Navy nurse. He was yeah. murdered. He was a jeweler mm-hmm. or he was murdered for his watch or did he work? on? He watches? was murdered for his watch that he was wearing. Okay. Anyways. So, yeah. And then the end of the episode, obviously we get Jen is, I think she's having a stroke is what I'm imagining. She's like about to stroke out or something. Or she's there's definitely like, acting like that kid that was having a stroke. Mm-hmm. When Norman was there, do you remember that in the clinic? And the yes. mom and the and Norman are like he's on drugs, and Alex is like, no, he's not. And then he wasn't. Yeah, and he was having a stroke, basically. I think. Another Gilmore or, Girls crossover. They're coming, but just you wait. <laughs> just there's a check, I, don't, I think it might be the end of this season where there's like four episodes in a row that have Gilmore Girls characters in them as like guest characters on this well, show. In in an episode of Private Practice, there's a judge who rules on the pedophile case, and it's Miss Patty is the judge. Miss no. Patty is that the person it's that Jessica not was? Miss Patty. Who's the person I, that Jessica was for? Miss Patty, but I don't think she. she was, Jessica said it's Miss Patty. She watched that scene and said that's Miss Patty. And it was like literally the day that she got back from the bachelorette weekend. Hmm. I'm not saying that it's right, but if it's wrong, it's Jessica, not me. (laughs) I would never, I don't know who the fuck Miss Patty is other than a peacock dress. I don't know. (laughs) Do you love that dress? Well, she returned it. (laughs) Um, Is it time for private practice? Yes. Let's go to L.A. Insert Miley Cyrus song here. Wait, was there anything else to add about Addison and Jen and Derek? And I will say, oh, Addison and Alex's conversation. Oh, yeah. It was nice to finally have a scene with them together. Yeah. Alex is like, are you happy? And she's like, I be specific, bro. Like, (laughs) come on. And then that's when Alex is like, I just uh, clearly excluding you go for the crazy girls. And he's like, yeah. I am happy and I love her, but like something's coming. I feel the train coming. It's rolling around the bend and he hasn't seen the sunshine since he doesn't know when, but he's stuck in Folsom prison and, and time keeps dragging on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. direct you're doing great. You're doing Thank you. amazing. Thank you. So I like the scene where I like the, the, the comment where he's like, you ran away. And she's like, I fucking walked. I walked. Yeah. He's like, My there's a difference. Away. But yeah. what are your thoughts on him being like, something's coming? It, Izzy is going to die from her brain tumor and Denny will be back and he's going to materialize in the flesh, punch Alex in the face and then dematerialize. And that's the last time we see Izzy on this show. 
That's the only that, logical explanation I can think of. That was a lot. Of <laughs> what you just said was a lot. <laughs> um, okay, we'll just move on, I guess. <laughs> well, I, it, what, where where would you like me? Because I I don't know. I I really don't know. We haven't seen anything other than uh, the two like off the cuff things we noticed with Izzy was she didn't know where the scissors were and she had that weird like uh, depth perception moment with the tape. I don't think Alex has put those two things together because he doesn't have the context that we have in the background. Right. Even though he kind of does. He has the Denny context. He has the Denny context, but he doesn't know to the full extent that we do. Right, right, right. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm a little bit lost on that that storyline right now. I'm having a yeah. hard time with it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, follow up. That was Miss Patty. And she was also on an episode of Scandal. Oh, nice. So that's on me. I do All not right. remember her being on private practice. Well, maybe if you but I know exactly you know, what episode you're talking about, so I'll have to figure that out. You pay attention a little bit more attention to the episodes. So maybe write some better I, notes. Now, now I just I'm gonna have to go watch it immediately. Um, yeah, binge it. So, so, um, yeah, I think with Addison and Alex, it's it's kind of weird because we haven't seen like in the last episode of Grey's that was the intern episode right the intern contest yes yes yeah so yeah there wasn't like a whole Alex was just like why are you being so weird about the interns like that was it and so now all of a sudden he's like something bad is gonna happen and I'm like are you saying that specifically about Izzy or are you saying that because like things are going too well for you and you expect bad things because those to me are very Mm. different things Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel like there's clarification on which one of those things, which one of those is the reasons. Like, do you right. think that Izzy is something's going on specifically with Izzy or you just think the things are going too well for you and when things go well for you, shit turns. So that's like where I was kind of unclear. And I was like, he, he's just afraid to be happy because he's what? never been happy. What happened to Ava? Did she just go? She just left. She was back admitted. Home? No, remember she tried to kill herself. Right. That was the last time we, she was admitted. She didn't kill her. So she's alive. Yeah. So she could come back at any moment. Any moment. She's going to come back the episode that we find out what's actually <clears throat> happening with. The second that Alex finds out Izzy's dying, Ava's going to come back. <laughs> Just slide her in. Yeah. Just scooch on over and slide in the other girl. But the thing is, is... Izzy is going to see Alex noticing Ava and then in behind the door, Denny's going to walk in and go, Izzy Stevens, I'm here for you. And then remember, he kills her. Remember when Lexi and Alex were sleeping together? <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> remember yes. Olivia? Who? Olivia. Olivia. The nurse. Oh my gosh, Olivia, the nurse. Where has she been? Where has she? I hope she's doing all right. Remember the gonorrhea? Syphilis. Syphilis. Yeah. Jebba fleep flu. 
Okay, let's go to L.A. So, Wait. um... Just want to note the scene with Mark and Naomi, where he says that if you two can be oh, together, yes. it gives him hope. Gives me hope. Which is interesting, but I, I, he's saying if anyone can find Archer <laughs> redeeming in any way... <laughs> someone can find me redeeming. Someone can find me and be... And then he says Lexi's a good person, she's nice, and she's sane, which I think and is just... He's, he's uh naomi's like do you really think you could be with this child and he's like i'm i'm actually afraid to hurt her which he's saying in like a i've never been afraid to hurt someone before which is like psychotic but okay yeah. uh, whatever maybe talk and to so, a therapist mark a little bit uh but yes that's that is an important scene worth noting i'm glad you brought that up thank you yeah yeah it's just <clears> now it's, shall it's we leave cute. seattle it's cute yeah okay <clears throat> so we're in la um, Rachel comes in to see Cooper with her mm. baby because she says her baby slipped in the bathtub while she was answering the phone. And so she was underwater for a second and she just wants to make sure everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rachel is tired. Rachel is having a rough go. Rachel's baby is not sleeping great. Do they say how old she is? The baby? Maybe, but I don't remember. What would you estimate based on the story? Not the size of that baby. <laughs> a year. Maybe really? a little I would less. Think, I think less. I'm thinking more in like the six to eight month range. Well, when when do babies sit up on their own? Not like, like totally four stable months. with four months. Okay. Yeah. Then I guess maybe anywhere like, yeah, like six, six to eight, I think yeah. makes sense if I'm like putting this together slowly because yeah. I would imagine a tub where the baby was sitting on like one of those grip mats, like we have for mm-hmm. Marlo and just yeah. slipped a little bit and got startled. I yeah. could see that. Yes. Right. Um, let me see if it, I have it on this little website thing that I use here. Um, I, I also missed it. If they, if they specified, um, no, it does not seem like she had a given age. Okay. So Young. she comes in, she Young. has the baby. She's like, she's tired, but yeah. like beyond. There's yeah. a certain kind of exhaustion that will affect you. It's just, it. it's hard to explain, but like, yeah, yeah, it exists. Um, and she's and there's obviously it. other things like hormone and, <clears throat> in my opinion, like isolation feeds into this as well. Um, postpartum is wild. Um, so <laughs> this is like a, this was a hard one to rewatch. I know I've rewatched private practice in between having Scarlett and having Bennett, but I don't know when it was, but I was definitely more affected by this storyline this time. Maybe there's a chance I skipped it last time. I'll be honest. There's a chance I skipped it. Really? But this is not the episode yeah. that you've only watched once. Well, that was no, no, great. No, no, no. That was great. No, that's great. That's great. That, and it might've been just because this is the, in the crossover and I wasn't rewatching grace at the time. So I may have just skipped it also because of that. But, and this is, this is like very, very random. And for no reason whatsoever, the line, like when she goes on her monologue about how, she had all these names picked out, but none of them worked for her baby. And she says, he named her, but I loved her. He named her, but I love her. I 
said that all the time about Jinx, which is my cat that now lives with my mom. <laughs> because um, I don't know why that line specifically always stuck with me, but at, Michael was the one that named Jinx. I was like, what is a good girl name for a black cat? Um, and he came up with Jinx. And I was like, that's amazing. That's perfect. Like, that's her name. But I used to hold Jinx, like, cradle her like a baby. And I would just pet her and be like, he named her, but I love her. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Absolutely unhinged. I don't know why that that line specifically always stuck with me. But, like, after after we had adopted Jinx, I was always like, he named her, but I love her. That's so funny. Um. So, yeah, this episode is brutal. Um, so sometimes. So what did you look up about? At first, they're thinking postpartum depression, which is postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression are more common than postpartum psychosis. Yes. Postpartum is a wild time. For so many reasons that are yes. too many to list. Um, I feel like. I did not have postpartum psychosis. Thank God. No. Um, so I can't speak on whether or not this is like a good description, but I feel like, or depiction, I feel like it is a good depiction because there were a lot of things where I was like, I just understand yeah. like not the drowning of the baby, but like just like the manic talking and like the exhaustion and just like, there are a lot of things where I'm like, I feel like I was on the cusp of being that tired. Luckily, I wasn't that tired, but like I was very tired. Well, so here's here's the thing. I postpartum hormones. This 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 is going to be a little bit of like a maybe maybe trigger warning just in general for people. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, Carmen, right? Is you're going to speak on research that you've done, right? Because you've I have you don't I have, have postpartum stat. hormones. No, no. <laughs> so you're I, speaking not from experience. No, no, no. I, I have a story that I was going to share that Jessica told okay. me about, like that was in recent news. Number one. Um, also, yes, acknowledge. I want to acknowledge that anything I say comes from a truly like fear based piece because I will never experience postpartum the way a woman does. And even and like even though Pete was a dick when he was saying what he was saying in that one scene. It's true. I felt like, like it was a good moment of connection. Yes. For Pete and that dad. Yes. Um, but so here, here's a quick stat. And then there's a, there's a story that I want to share. I'm going to butcher some of the details, but Jessica had told me about it recently. But here's the stat. So I, I was kind of in this moment of like, okay, how rare is postpartum psychosis? Mm-hmm. So 75% of postpartum mothers get what's, I think the clinical term is, is referred to gently as the baby blues. Yeah. Um, and that's the way that this site was describing it. Of those 75%, 15% of that typically develops into a postpartum depression. Of that, one out of every thousand could experience a physical postpartum psychosis. And mm-hmm. obviously those range in severity. This one here was severe, but not on the full extreme end. There was right. a story... And when I say extreme, this, there's the extreme, extreme end that Jessica was sharing a story that happened, I think, fairly recently in the news. I don't know. Yeah. I think maybe one of the people on her Instagram story was talking about this or um, one of her uh, true crime podcasts that she listens to was talking about this recently happening. But there was a man um, who was married and they had two kids and the second kid like had put her into 
this psychosis and they had like basically reworked their entire life uh, to to make it work where basically there's almost no time where they're ever not apart. Um, but there was one night where they were like, he was like, I'm going to go out and pick up dinner. And he was mm-hmm. gone for 20 minutes and came back and the wife had killed the two kids. And Yo. they are, I think, I think that she didn't kill herself. I think she's alive. And they had obviously divorced since then. Um, but I think the reason that makes me think that they're divorced and that she didn't kill herself was I'm remembering part of the story where, um, he has like gone on social media saying, Hey, like, this is an intense thing. We can't like the person who killed my children is not my wife. Like that's, you know, and having that, that separation, which brings me to kind of like some of those things that Violet was saying. It's like, don't, the, the husband does show up for a moment there. I was like, they're talking about the husband. Is he dead? Is that like playing into some of this? I wasn't sure the direction mm-hmm. they were going with this. But anyways, the moral of the story is the postpartum psychosis and and all of those depressive states that were, are related to hormones, that's very scary stuff. I did have that fear going into having a kid of like, I have to go back to work. I had one week of paternity leave. What happens bullshit. when I'm not around? America is right. bullshit. Uh, and it wasn't even a, mater- a paternity leave. It was I took all of my sick time and vacation time in one at, at, in, in one week. So yeah, it was it was a scary thing for me to leave, and part of that is like I've seen some of the depressive states, like natural, like not postpartum specific depression, but like just depression and imbalance within her family. So mm-hmm. those things like obviously play a, a role in my fear. But um, this was a tough episode to watch. I'm done talking from my point of view. I would love to hear your point of view. And also, I hope you guys don't mind that I threw a couple of stats in there. I just, I was curious at how rare postpartum psychosis really yeah, was. Because they just say that it's really rare, which yeah. it is. Cle- I, clearly I it's rare, yeah. I think it's even more rare that it's like acted upon. Um, and uh, that was a plot twist. When she said that she held the baby under, I did not actually see that coming. You didn't. No. Did you just think that she was just like tired? I well, like I knew you that didn't think anything was going to happen. There was the psychosis, but it didn't seem like a violent psychosis. Yeah. The way that they were that the way that they were tracking the story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's panicked. Like she came to them and she was right. like, "Help!" Right. Yeah. Also, before I get into your thoughts, the one thing that was interesting to me is like, and if you have experience with these kind of patients, or like if you work in the medical field specifically with like postpartum mothers. I guess the other thought that I had in my head is if you were manic enough to hold the baby under, what stopped you? Right? Like right. what, what, <clears throat> what allowed you to break that and come to, I guess in, in that, like, yeah. I, because I don't know, I'm speaking from a place of ignorance, right? Like, I don't know. Well, and what I was thinking about watching it is I'm like, she, the baby slipped and she goes to reach for her and then she just stops. And she's like, it's almost like a, what if I just didn't. Right. And so it's one of those things where I'm like, had that moment not presented itself, like had the baby not slipped, I don't think she would have like pushed the baby down or anything. I think it was just like there. And she was just like, for a moment, there was no noise. Right. Which like, as someone who is constantly overstimulated, when you get a moment of silence, you're like, Oh my God, I forgot what silence is. Right. Um, it's, it's, this storyline is rough. Um, 
I've obviously gone through the postpartum cycle twice. I could probably talk for like three hours just about those experiences and how they were both very, very different um, and just wild uh, both times. And I hate the term baby blues. I think it's a cop out and I think people need to pay more attention to mothers who have given birth. Absolutely. Um, and I know that that's like a medically accepted term. That's not like shaming what you just said or anything. Like I just think right, it's I was just reading the website. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I just think it's absolute bullshit, especially like I was just talking to Jessica and Lauren and Kayla about this and like having gone through it twice. The first time I'm like, that was postpartum depression. I was not okay. Like the second mm. time I was like, this is, a, I don't think I like, I did not have baby blues at all the second time. Hmm. And that's wild to me. Like how much I was just like constantly sobbing after Scarlett was born over absolutely nothing for, and like they, they say it's like six weeks and I'm like, that's not like within the first like week. Fine. Because you like, especially me, the time of day that Scarlett was born, it was like five in the morning. So I had been awake for like almost like 32 hours straight or something. Right. So like, obviously you've seen me awake at like 20 hours. I'm cr- every emotion comes out in tears right. because I like can't function. Right. So like, it was just trying to catch up on the sleep and stuff. And, but then it just keeps going. And then when you go to you, you have your checkup at six weeks for the mom, but you go to like multiple checkups for the baby before then. And all of those, they give you like a sheet to fill out to be like, it's like a screening. Like if you get over a certain score, they're like, Hey, you probably are depressed talk to your doctor but the questions on it are like how are you sleeping it's like well i have a newborn so like really poorly but then they like if you say like bad they'll be like well yeah you have a newborn of course you're sleeping bad and i'm like okay so it's it's (laughs) it's it's a setup to fail kind of situation (laughs) i mean there are things that and it's like do you feel like you're crying more you're like yes and they're like yeah well you probably have baby boys and it's like oh my god why even do what the I test think at that point? Is I was lucky because like coming from a place of having a diagnosis again in like college, we kind of knew what to watch out for. And my advice from like a I was again not diagnosed with postpartum depression. I have self-diagnosed, which I will say is one of my pet peeves that people do, mm. but I did it not in the moment. Like I don't think I I definitely don't think that I thought I had it. But after doing it a second time, I'm like, oh, I for sure had it the first time. Um, but because Michael's like aware of my my diagnosis that exists beforehand, my advice is just like it's impossible to over communicate, like tell your partner absolutely every single thing that you can, because there's like not enough room in your brain to keep anything in. And just like everything, like I'm upset about this. I need like three minutes to sit in silence. Like literally anything. <laughs> Tell them. Trust me. It's best for yeah. you, them, and the baby. Like just or and like again, because we knew beforehand, we like talked about things before the before Scarlett was born. That like could happen or like what I would need in a moment of like severe anxiety and stuff like that. So it's just wild. But yeah, it's when Violet talks about the cycle of sleep deprivation can uh, mess up the hormones even more. And then when you're in depression, depression and anxiety can be linked to insomnia. So you can't sleep that as well. And then for a lot of people, I'm not going to say a lot for a lot of people that I know specifically, when you have a baby, 
you're like, what if the baby just stops living? Especially your first baby. <laughs> like you just are like, right. What if the baby just, because they're like, Oh, SIDS is a thing. And they just like, but no one knows why they're like, Oh, sometimes babies just like stop living. And you're they're like, why? Like, well, it's called sudden infant death syndrome. And you're like, but why, what causes that? And they're like, Oh, sometimes they just die. And I'm like, I would love an answer. Right. And no one has it. Right. And they're like, yeah, for the first year, just like, you know, and then you're in the clear is what that's like the majority of what doctors say. And it's like, what? It's terrifying. So that is, it's you just so spend terrifying. a year being like staring and like, yeah, people say sleep when the baby sleeps. I would love to, but I was like, if I'm not looking at this baby, she'll die. Yeah. Like that was my, like, that's how I existed. We had the owl at sock. If, if, <laughs> If it was charged, it was on her. Yeah. Like, yeah, I we, would we wear use it, it every until... single night for at least, I think maybe that weekend for her first birthday was the first weekend we had not used it. Yeah. So I had Scarlet in it for like a year and a half. But I mean, when I say like not at night, like I would leave it on her until it would tell me that it was needing to be charged and I would charge it. And then as soon as it was fully charged, I would put it back on. Oh, yeah. See, we were just at night. <laughs> it was like, I cannot yeah. exist without knowing yeah. if she's breathing. That's tough. And then That's I would have spot. times where I was like, Michael, check if she's breathing. And he's like, well, the owlet says she's fine. I'm like, what if it's wrong? You need to check if she's actually breathing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I like could not like, like it was, and you get in these weird, like not fully asleep things because you're like, what if I don't hear the baby? Like, what if I don't wake up? And it's so it's like not restful sleep or, you know, you're sleeping in one to two hour windows, which is not sustainable. No. And it really pissed me off. <laughs> and well, I watched thing- this episode twice and it both times I got irrationally angry when the dad was like, I'm tired, too. I was like, I will come through the screen and kill this man because this woman is talking about how she's nursing. So I'm like, I know you're getting more sleep than she is. Cause you're not nursing that baby. You're not getting up at night and nursing that baby. You're not as tired. Shut up. Also, also you get to leave your house and interact with other adults in the world. This woman is here. Take, which is like as a stay at home mom, it is a blessing. I love being able to stay at home with my kids. And I will say, I didn't realize how much I needed like adult conversation until I was in that where I was like, I'm only talking to an infant all day and like reading Dr. Seuss books or whatever other kids books, which like, again, I feel blessed to be able to do that. But I was like, I'm going insane because I'm not having like any adult interaction. And it's something you take for granted, just like leaving your house and like talking to adults. And also because Scarlett was born in COVID, I was like extra not leaving. Oh yeah. Or she was born at the end of 2019. So then right when she, and they I was already told like, you know, don't because it was flu season. I was like, don't go out really out and about in public until she's six weeks, because that's like when the immune system really starts to like be viable. So that was she was six weeks at the end of February. And then COVID shut down in March. And then there was a global pandemic. So I was like, well, cool. See everybody never. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just like a really obviously that was like a unique situation. But I didn't realize how much. I like wanted to talk to adults and then like I would go to the doctor and I like would find myself being a little rambly and I'd be like, why am I talking so much to this person about things that are irrelevant? 
because to this you doctor's love them. appointment. You love them. And, and I you was need like, oh, I am going insane. Like right. I need to talk to other humans. Right. So like, again, not to this like manic point, but that Rachel is in this, in this storyline. But I was like, there were like glimpses of it. I was like, I can see how this snowballs. The and thing I'm that lucky was very... to be on medication that my medication is like one of the ones that is safe for breastfeeding. So it was like not just great. Yeah. I didn't have to shift anything because there's a different, like there's just different levels depending on what you need and your diagnosis and everything. And also because I've been on this for like a very long time. Um, but again, I was lucky to have a diagnosis existing. So I knew what to watch out for and also a partner. And again, the communication is really the key because when you're both tired, it's just like, it's wild. I'm (laughs) shocked at, because yes, for, for the record, I don't, I don't think that it is unreasonable to say that the father is allowed to be tired. We understand that yeah, people I, can be tired. I should clarify. Yes. Like, no, no, I know they what you're are saying. both tired. Yes. But like in it's this a, it's moment, a different kind when your of, wife yes. is hospitalized for like actually going insane from sleep deprivation, I don't think you need to be like, well, I'm tired too. Right. That was a bit of a, a, a dick condescending thing to say. But what I, <laughs> what I was confused about is how could he have not seen any of the signs? How could he well, have... Uh, I, I am on the side. Well, I think Pete and Violet both do a good job of like, cause he says that kind of where he's like, well, why didn't I know? And again, especially from like a first time mom perspective, any admission of any of this is like, feels like an admission of like failure in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, and there are people who don't feel that they can ask for help. And I, everyone should always feel like they can ask for help. If you don't feel like you can ask your partner for help, I'm very sorry. Yeah. that you feel that way. But I hope you have someone else in your life. If you don't at doctors, talk to doctors that like, that's someone that can help you. Um, but I feel like you, when you have, when you're post birth, you need to have a support system. Yeah. Like obviously, hopefully your partner, um, spouse, other parent, potentially, I don't know, like there's so many different family dynamics it could be, but hopefully the person you have someone that's like the foundation of that support system. And then hopefully you have more as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being able to ask for help, but again, that's why I have to say like, in my opinion, over communication is impossible in the postpartum stage. Yeah. Like it is just better to like literally say everything yeah. that you are thinking because I, I don't think that she realized, I don't think she realized that she, you've never done it before. You don't know what's normal. And they like, and everyone's like, oh yeah, your hormones are crazy. And you're just like, okay, well then I guess this is just like what it feels like. Cause your body's never done it before. You've never parented a baby before. Like also they do make it a point to be like, this baby specifically doesn't sleep or she cries a lot, which is like a whole other thing. Like we are both lucky. In that we've had oh, very yeah. easy, uh, healthy babies. Like, yes, yeah. my babies did not sleep through the night for very long times, but they weren't like screaming all day. They were right. healthy. So there's like, yeah. there are so many things about this storyline that like, it was like a perfect storm. The other thing, But that I maybe... agree. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying like with Violet and Pete, when they're talking to him, like they offer different perspectives. Like yeah. Violet's coming from a psychiatrist point of view where she's like, well, hormones do this and this is what happens. And like, yes, she didn't tell you. And like, 
you can't understand any of her thoughts because like, first of all, if you're in postpartum psychosis, the thoughts are going to be, they're not they're going jumbled. to be understandable. It's impossible yeah, it's, to comprehend what's sense. actually She probably happening. doesn't understand them either because right. she hasn't slept in God knows how long. But I also like the point of view that Pete, like I love when he says you're as close as you can be, but you're on the outside. I, I think yeah. that, and I don't think that's like an insult to him. I don't think it's no, an insult no. to the, to the wife. I think that's just like a perfect descriptor in any relationship where one partner has a baby and the other one hasn't. So like if anyone, when one person goes through that, again, as much support and offer, even if you're there, like, even if you are really lucky, like we're really lucky. Michael was off for six weeks with Scarlett. Um, and so like, but again, there's just certain things like they're un, you can't understand them. And they're also like borderline indescribable. Cause you're like, I don't know. And you feel like a crazy person. So it's just like really wild. And I feel like rambly, but also like I could just talk about this for like four hours straight. Right. So I don't know. Well, we'll end on this uh, because obviously there's a couple of other thoughts we have to say before we wrap up the episode. But I did have this thought of like, what are the what are the legal implications and consequences of a violent act that's performed while in a postpartum psychosis mm-hmm. state? Right. Like that was another thing that came to my mind is like, is that she tried to kill this baby brief i mean i guess we should kill i don't want to say like attempt because she was there was like the way that i take it is that it was like probably less than 10 seconds which for a baby though is is uh, could be you know it's a lot of water getting in there i don't know it doesn't matter but anyways so my my thought was like like, what what is the implication for that legally like what Mm -hmm. i don't know so people who are in a psychosis state that do these things or if there was harm done to the baby like what are the ramifications that 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 crossed my mind i was curious but um yes great great kind of dialogue for for violet and pete we also get a lot well, well let's just power through this we get a lot with uh Cooper and Violet and Charlotte. There's like this there's storyline going on uh, where Cooper obviously is moving in with Violet and Charlotte's like these are things like these are moments you're stealing from us if we were to ever get to this point. I kind of see where she's coming from. I I see where Cooper's coming from. But I see both sides. I see both sides. You know the side that really shit the the scene that shifted it really in my opinion to to Charlotte is when she's like there's there's a point where no, that was cute. That was cute. When, when he, when she's, yeah. when, when there's that intense conversation and he's like, I'm going to hug like, you now. I'm going to hug you now. And she's that like, would be good. Yep, that'd be good. <laughs> it's when towards the end, Charlotte's like, there's a point where your best friend can't be this other woman because it should be me. Yeah. That's a very, I feel like that moment is such a good explanation for where she's upset. Exactly. It's and like finally her thoughts actually materialized yeah, to a healthy she, Because she's never jealous that there's something sexual between them. She's never no. like, oh, there's something going on. Like she knows that it's platonic. She knows that it's just best. But she says, she also says like, there's like intimacy between you and not in a sexual, like there's like emotional intimacy. Like there's a connection that they have. And I agree. Like when it's, when although she's he like, did love her kind of like that for a while that and was, they almost had that was sex. the dumbest storyline and i was so glad that they fucking nixed that shit because i yeah. hated that storyline yeah. so glad it lasted for like two episodes and that was it um but yeah i when she's like 
yeah, I agree when she says like, I should be your best friend. If, if your best friend's going to be a woman, it should be me. Um, I, and I like that. And I also thought back on last episode when we were talking about him, her being mad that he moved in. I feel like that's valid mostly from a standpoint of like, you didn't even tell her. He didn't even right. tell Charlotte that he was moving in with Violet, which is like kind of fucked up because they're together. Like they're like in a relationship. Are so, they though? Like I'm know. getting some weird reads on them right now. It is. Well, right now it is questionable, but uh, we'll talk more about it on our private practice episodes, but their relationship yes. is wild. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's so funny. She's, um, she's really grown on me. I like her mm-hmm. and she's yeah. very attractive. She's no one. Beautiful. Uh, they all pale in comparison to Abigail Spencer, though. Um, I love her. She's very, very pretty. She's absolutely stunning. Also, great acting. Like, holy cow. Mm-hmm. Great acting mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, so anything else? Obviously, there's a lot of dialogue with Violet and Pete around Pete's like, I... He calls her selfish. She says everything's about her um, with this whole baby thing. And he's like, I could be the father, but this is all about you. I don't think I'm fully on Pete's side on that, but I get where there's frustration. Ultimately, like the mom is the one who's pregnant. So she has to be thinking about herself. I think the frustration is mostly coming from like, she tells them that she's pregnant as a declaration and not, I think what she means to say is like, if you don't want this baby, I understand. And I don't expect anything from you, but she doesn't follow that up with, if you want to be involved, by all means, the door is open and you can be as involved. She just ends right. with like, I'm just having this baby just so you know, there's yeah. no like even option to be like, by all means, please still be like in this baby's life as its father. Right. And I think that's the frustration is they're not even giving being given the choice, but yeah, obviously he's like wants to, he would choose to be. Cause he's like, says he's like, I understand that Cooper can be there for you, but it's not the same. Like, yeah, he's going to love that baby, but it's not the same. It won't be the same. Right. Well, and then it's also, they're, they're setting up. See, this is so interesting because Pete and Sheldon were both in it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I know that I would have a hard time if I was in that relationship or they're not even like really in a relationship, but I would feel very little attachment to that child if it was not mine. So it's just interesting that Pete's kind of in this mode of like, he kind of seems like he's willing to be in it regardless. I think he's just like, I might be that baby's dad and you need to let me be that baby's dad. If I am that baby's dad. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a fit. Yeah. That's a good descriptor. Thank you for putting, taking my thoughts and putting them into one. You're so welcome. Um, Anyways, I think that's all that's all the notes I have. I know we talked a lot about that particular topic, and I'm glad we did, because this was a hev- yeah. that was a heavy episode. Yeah. For this particular like the, the the psychosis thing, that's just it's just heavy shit, you know? Yeah, it's rough. And yeah, I agree. Like when she comes out with needles in her face and like breaks down and she's like, Yes, I did hold my baby underwater, you're like, Holy yeah. shit. Like you definitely don't see that coming. No. You're just like, Oh, this poor woman is so fucking tired. Like let her have several naps. But and and just lots of meds. They finally they she finally knocked yeah. her out. I don't remember what they gave her, but she's like, yeah, I gave her medicine, and now she can no longer breastfeed. But like, at least her baby's alive. But, you know, but like, like, yeah, they will both now survive. Thank yeah, God. Yeah. Um. And then the, uh, there's the whole debate on like, should we let them 
the baby be with her. And again, you know, it's obviously supervised. She says they need to let the meds be fully in her system with typically with, um, like mental health medication. It's, it's two weeks, I think is the standard. Um, but it's hard because you're still at an age where the baby is young and you want the baby to stay bonded to the mother and the mother to stay bonded to the baby. Um, and I feel like it would, I feel like it would be easier to spiral if you can't see the baby because you don't like know that the baby's okay. Like you almost like need the reassurance of visually seeing the baby to be like, the baby is okay. Yeah. The baby's going to be okay. Um, and you know, like Cooper's or Coop Pete, I think said is like they, she had a terrible impulse and she stopped herself and came for help. Um, which is also like, you need to recognize and acknowledge that that's like, that took a lot for her to do. And that's like, yeah. that was right. And good. That was the cry so, yeah, for help. Let's not punish mm-hmm. her. Yeah, it's a heavy topic for sure, but yeah. I think they did a good job from all points of view, and it seemed to have a happy ending, so we like that. Yes. The assumption is that everything was okay. Even if she changes her identity in the other <laughs> half of Shonda's universe, just like uh, yes, the girl from Paris. Mm-hmm. Paris Geller. Yes. And Bonnie and Amanda. I want to yeah. say she was Amanda in Scandal. Sweet baby. Amanda Tanner. That's what it was. All right. Well, let's make some predictions. Should what we rate is going to happen you with rate Archer? It first or predict yeah, first? we'll rate it first. You go, for, you you go, go first. You go first. Ah, fuck. All right. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors. Shoot. Bitch. Scissors um, beats paper. I once read a statistic that the majority of men always do rock first. So I almost always do paper first if I'm going against a man. Mm, I once read a statistic that says that women always do paper. Interesting. It's really <laughs> someone just trying to fix, fix, <laughs> fix the game. It was, it was a man. Vegas is rigging the odds. His, he solves all of his marital problems with rock, paper, scissors. So he wrote both of those articles. <laughs> and then picks scissors um, all the time. And the wife is on the phone with her friends going, I sh- that article you sent me, Dana, <laughs> he picked fucking scissors. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give it, um, it's hard cause it's a good episode, but I hate Archer so much. I think I'm going to give it a 4.1. Wow. So I'm 4.2, 4. 4. 4.2 for me. Okay, good, good. Um, just cause like the part in LA I think is like, easily a full five like i think i love the way they did that yes. i think it was so well done yes um the stuff in seattle hate hate archer hard to watch because i hate him I don't care nothing redeemable about him i don't care i like if they were like oh you still have cysts in your head i would be like bummer bye don't do more surgery for him um derek again i normally hate him in a relationship standpoint but i normally think he's a good doctor this episode i think he's a bad doctor I think he's making bad choices for patients. I think he's bullying Addison. He's being a dick, um, which he should only be a dick to Archer because Archer deserves it. Uh, (laughs) I don't find there to be enough clarity with the whole Bailey situation coming back up with her marriage. Like that's weird to me. The Sam seeming to regret divorcing is weird to me. So those are just kind of the spots where it loses me. But overall, still a very good episode. Again, we're obviously in the middle of like an arc, so it's kind of hard to say for sure. Like whatever. So what about you? I think for me, so first off, all of those things. I don't like Archer. Uh, I'm not Mm -hmm. a fan. 
the storyline in L.A. was a stronger storyline. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense because this technically is a private practice episode, right? So, but the thing is, like, I've really grown to appreciate Cooper, Violet, and Pete as, like, dynamic characters. Yeah. And you're in a a season of Greys where the Izzy-Alex storyline is getting weird, which Mm -hmm. showed. Lexi and George were non-existent in this episode. Christina and Meredith were non-existent. Right. Because because this is a private practice a pri- episode, right. we only need to see anyone that's interacting with the private practice characters. Right. It is weird, though, because it's an episode of, like, it is a Grey's Anatomy crossover. And there's no Grey's, but it's because uh, it's private practice. Yes. But so it, it, it's but, just kind of hard to, like, sort it out in your brain. But that's, but that's those, for those reasons... I'm out. Uh, yeah. No, for those for those reasons, I, it weighed down the episode average because they're, they're because it's two things happening at once. The the gray side of things actually weighed down the episode. The private practice things raised it up. So that's what I was saying by that. But I the things that weighed it down for me was not seeing the characters who we've come to know and love. But um, anyways, predictions. What would you like me to predict? Um, Archer. Fuck this guy. He dies. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, he's, um, he's going to live. He's going to live, but he will be gone after this crossover event. He's never going to okay. come back. Um, mm, Jen. So she had a stroke. I'm feeling like she had a stroke. Mm-hmm. What did I predict last time? I, I think she. I think you she said dies. You were, she was gonna die, and Rob was gonna die, and the baby was gonna die. <laughs> right now, I just think she dies. Baby lives. Dad lives. Okay. Um. And what about Mark and Lexi? Or Mark? I think last time you said Mark was gonna tell Derek by the end of the crossover, which is next episode is the last episode of the crossover. I'm doubling down on that. Mark will tell Derek about Lexi before the end of the crossover. Okay. Um, I think, I mean, I like want to ask you about private practice, but (laughs) I won't. Uh, What about Derek proposing? I think that's going to be the season five finale cliffhanger. Okay. Um, What about Alex and Izzy? Also season five finale. Izzy, okay. Izzy dies and Derek proposes in the season five finale. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that's it for this episode. We'll get more next episode will be a big one. Cause it's like the wrap up of all of this, which is, it's just been like a lot back to back with, cause we had the three part episode with William and now we're in the, the crossover and it's just been like a lot. So once this cools down, we also have to figure out our schedule because we have to book a lot in September because we're gone. Like the first three weeks of October. So we yeah. gotta like crank some shit out in September. So it's gonna be a good month. Should I just should so, I just we're flying southwest. Should I just pack my interface? When would we do anything? When does anyone do anything? We are so solidly booked. Yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> record at the park on the ride. Well, the people mover. We should do that. Uh, no, we'll figure it out. But we are gonna do a lot of stuff. So thank you guys for listening. This was longer than I thought it was gonna be. Um, 
We appreciate you all. Uh, again, I'm going to say this for like the 80th time. If you are a Grays fan and you haven't watched Private Practice, please watch it. It's on Hulu or uh, in some countries it's on Disney Plus. But like, it's so good. I promise you it will like give you a more well-rounded picture of people you know and love in Grays. And it's just like a great show. It's still Shonda. Addison's there. It's a great cast. Yes. I could not imagine going through this crossover and appreciating it as, as much as I did without having really just plowed yeah. through private practice. Even though I, I yeah. didn't like, there was a couple episodes there where I was like listening. I wasn't really watching yeah. because I was driving to work. Um, mm-hmm. Getting that character development yeah. and then them all being together. I got, I got little butterflies truly yeah. the scene where they get out of the ambulance and they're all hugging each other mm-hmm. in their back. That was a good buildup. I'm glad that I had that. If you haven't, if you're doing a rewatch and you found us doing a rewatch for the, for the, second or hundredth time and you haven't watched private practice just yeah i would say do it i would say do it it'll bring you joy in your heart if you're really a big Rays fan i promise you you'll like private practice like push through like yeah it's hard to watch a show and like meet new characters but like i promise it's a good show like it is worth it it's got a lot of Rays vibes it's got a lot of the intensity the drama obviously like it's shonda like she writes good tv so just give it a chance i promise you you'll like it Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. You can reach out to us on Instagram or email grazeacademypod at gmail.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, grazeacademypod. You can find our Patreon at the link tree in our Instagram bio. And if you see Carmen walking down the street, remember no spoilies for graze or private practice. And we will see you all in the next one.